HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Mood Magazine, a new international quarterly publication about music and food. For more information, visit moodmusicfood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Shucking dozens since 42 Iron tub ice down Full of false staff brew Black had a son Bobby Charles called Blue Catholic church bells Told the Louisiana blue Oyster rake scraping down Grand Highway. Don't get no more salty than Barataria Bay. A hundred years my family's done it this way. Some folks call it work, but it's just another day. And in life there's always love Comes into your heart from up above Gather my dreams and put them out to sea Gulf Stream and I'm free Politicians, trappers, priests, and more They've all strolled through these double French doors I was so busy just trying to keep their glasses full 
folks laughing, drinking, just shooting the bull. Vermilion parish sunsets across my bow. Just slipped off the edge and I don't know how. I turn the key in the lock and close up shop. The owl flies round the old steeple's clock. And in life there's always love Comes into your heart from up above Gather my dreams and put them out to sea Gulf Stream and now I'm free Neon light gently taps me on the shoulder And the ice in the glass melts under the whiskey that I pour The salt in the air from the storm off the coast As I pull from my glass and offer up this toast been a good run, it's been a good haul. My nets are full, time to pull in my trawl. Mes amis, my famille, especial pour mon père. Que tes filets soient pleins de fruits de mer. And in life there's always love Comes into your heart from up above Gather my dreams and put them out to sea Gulf Stream and now I'm free All right, welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. The other half, Greg, is in London. That song goes out to Lou Reed and his friends and family. He passed away today. A bit of a shock to everyone. I know normally we start the show off with the song from the band, which are the see-through, but we sort of just decided just to go with that. So... Sundays, am I right? Uh, everything has been good. It's been a crazy time in the food world. Uh, big shout out to New York Food and Wine, and thank you so much for having me at the Sean Brock dinner. It was incredible. His food is amazing, and to all the other chefs who were there. Um, if he's ever in town and you want to eat one of the best meals ever, get with him. And then a uh, shout out to the Food Film Festival guys who uh, are at it again this year they have their big closing party tonight hopefully I'm going to make it over um, just a crazy my favorite time in New York to do events that uh, September to Thanksgiving run it's crazy I want to welcome Charlotte Druckmann uh, 
back to Heritage Radio. Um, I think you were on another show. Uh, uh, yes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just grab her at the mic. There we go. Um, I was. I was on Ladies Show earlier this week because um, Melanie Dunay, my great friend and very talented photographer and artist, invited me to come on with her. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of showed up and played along. How did it go? Um, it was fun. Melanie and I cracked ourselves up. So I'm not sure if that constitutes a successful radio show, but we had fun. So, Charlotte, you are a writer, correct? Well, kind of. Recovering writer. I'm an editor now, which doesn't mean I'll ever stop writing really. Recovering writer? What does that mean? Yeah. um, I spent seven years as a freelance writer, journalist, covering food mostly. And then at the end of March, I started working as an editor at Medium, which is the new publishing platform from the co-founders of Twitter. All right, so before we get into your food writing, um, what's Medium like? It's a really cool website. Yeah, thank you. It's um, it's often hard to say what it's like because it's still being built as I speak. and Literally right now? Yeah. On a Sunday afternoon? Uh, yes, probably. I mean, I imagine some of the engineers are probably at a desk somewhere tooling around and having fun with new ideas and features. Um, the cool thing about it is that it continues to change, and it changes based on, based on ideas that we have within Medium, but then also how we see people using it. Um which I like. I like that it's not fixed. Um, coming from publishing, traditional publishing, everything is so set beforehand. It's really cool to be in such a fluid environment for ideas. So how did you uh, first get started in writing and editing and publishing? When did the bug bite you? Were you putting out like little magazines when you were a toddler or <laughs> later on in life? No, you know, first I actually wanted to be a singer, and then I got stage fright. So um, I think probably high school high school it started my obsession with um magazines i was the co-editor-in-chief of my school newspaper haha oh yeah Yeah, totally dorky and awesome um and it was it's i actually grew up in in new york city and i went to an all-girls school called brearley and our newspaper is called the zephyr love you the zephyr so um, yeah, but really, I really loved magazines. I mean, I appreciated newspapers, but I loved magazines, like really loved them. And I started interning at magazines as a high school uh, senior. What were you reading at that time? Um, I was reading W. Uh, mm-hmm. W has changed a lot, but at that time, W seemed very avant-garde to me. I was reading Vogue, obviously. I was reading things like Sassy. Um, R.I.P. Sassy. Yeah, R.I.P. But I feel like people have sort of, you know, carried that on recently. You've seen people kind of try and bring it back. Um, I was reading Seventeen. I was reading Gourmet religiously. Um, I would just take whatever my mom was reading, basically, and steal it. That was, you know, some Vanity Fair thrown in. New York Magazine, which is where I interned as a senior in high school. Um, What was that like? What was like interning as in high school it was insane I mean that was actually you know you talk about the sort of rarefied world of of New York City and growing up in New York City yeah. and that was like total nepotism I had a most awesome extraordinary wonderful cousin who she's almost more like my great aunt and she was kind of running the office as Ed Kozner's special assistant 
person. Um, And so that was when you saw a lot of people, um, like Jeanette Walls was still there, who's now gone on to write all of these beautiful memoirs. Um, It was back in the day when, like, Michael Gross was still there. Corky Pollan was still doing, you know, all of the, like, best bet stuff. So So good. It was pretty cool to be around all of that. And how did you, I mean, I don't even think it's legal now to do high school internships. Probably not. It's so tight these days. Yeah. Like, it's so regimented. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of, are you getting paid or are you getting school credit? Uh, there was yeah. none of that going on. No. No. There was like, and were you uh, writing or were you, like, getting coffee and making copies? No. I was doing all sorts of odd jobs. Everything from, like, fielding the calls of angry readers. Oh, my God. Give us the best one. <laughs> Actually, this is a really upsetting one. There was a famous cover story of the of New York Magazine about an African-American I think he was a lawyer. He he was really really accomplished, and he went back to work sort of undercover as um, a waiter at an all white country club, and he wrote about the experience. Oh yeah, that's a famous. That's super famous. Yeah, and um, we got all sorts of backlash about that story, mostly from racists and just like you can imagine the crazies that call in. And no one had really prepared me for that. It was whoever was supposed to man the phones that day was off, and they were like, "Can you?" just take these people and you know I don't really think you want a high school student like dealing with that stuff so I remember having one woman call and just using so many horrible racial slurs and knowing on the one hand that you're supposed to be polite and always nice to the readers and on the other hand being so kind of like emotionally riled up and telling her that I thought her her best bet was um to send in a letter to the editor, and while she was at it, I thought she should try using the term African-American if she wanted to be taken seriously in her wow. note. That was probably my best, my best, you know, quiet protest um, <laughs> to the public crazies. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about New York. Uh, public crazies interaction is at a whole new level here. Yeah. Um, so when did you get interested in food? So you're, you're writing in high school. Yeah. I was always, always interested in food. My family is, both sides of my family are pretty food fixated. Where are they from? Um, also from New York. My dad was, was born and raised on the island of Manhattan. Um, wow. My mom grew up in Westchester in Larchmont. Um, so my mom's a great cook and my dad is a great passionate eater. And I ah. call him the OG, original gourmand. Um and so I grew up with also very curious parents who were always trying new restaurants and were willing to go anywhere to try them. So that was, a you know, as a kid, that sort of sense of curiosity um, and not realizing they would, my dad would get in the car and drive us down to the Odeon on Sunday nights. And oh. I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that they had really good hamburgers and fries and they had crayons on the table at that time so I thought it was like a super cool place to go um so I was interested in it always I just never thought about writing about it because I always thought that you had to sort of like go to school and train and be very academic about whatever it was you chose to do writing or otherwise and food almost seemed too obvious if that makes any sense um yeah so I didn't think about it but I loved reading food writing 
And then once I worked at a bunch of magazines, and then once I went freelance, and I started thinking, wow, as long as I pitch a good story, I could write about anything. Yeah. And I started writing about food, and I had a better time, but also I felt like my writing improved when I started writing about food. So that was kind of like what clicked. What was your first big pitch? Um, wow, that's a hard thing to say, because when you're on staff, you're also pitching things. But as, as a freelance writer, there are probably two. One of them was not a food piece. It was for um, T, the New York Times style magazine, but it ended up running in the New York Times Sunday magazine. And it was about the possibility that tap water could be bad for your skin, which I just thought was so absurd, but also fascinating at the same time. And I love stories like that. Was that the Dasani lobby trying to... No, it was... um, this this dermatologist who has his own you know skincare line I guess they all do now named Dennis Gross and then also um, that Jonathan Anton guy do you guys remember he had like his own Bravo show oh, yeah. and he had decided that the water was not good for anyone's hair so he was coming up with special products that like protected your hair from the tap water by putting special filters in the tap it was kind of the whole point is I mean that's the one thing in this country at least that we all have some kind of like democratic access to right is the tap water so as soon as someone's I mean that's like the possibly the biggest marketing scam in history so I just thought it was so um delightfully absurd basically um and then the other story was a, a story that I pitched blindly I did not know Ruth Reichel, I just adored Gourmet, and I blind-pitched a story to her um, about a chef in Paris that I really wanted to write about, and she responded right away, which not everyone does, and she responded with a yes, which of course is even more rare, and that was like dream come true. His name is uh, Claude Colliot, and he's still there, and he is one of few um, really well-respected and by his peers, uh, chefs in France who did not go to culinary school and there to not have done that and be to reach a certain level of success is is pretty much unheard of. Shadow's restaurant name? Um it's actually his it's eponymous. It's it's called it's called uh Claude Colio and it's in the Marais um and I love it and it turns out this is completely random cuz he's the sweetest sort of humblest person ever but uh Marion Cotillard is like his best friend and ended up backing this restaurant so I think that that's been quite helpful. At the time I wrote about him he had had a restaurant and he had lost his lease and in Paris there's this really ridiculous rule. It's like a non-compete with yourself that if you have been working at or even owned a restaurant in a certain neighborhood you cannot go work at or open another restaurant within a certain radius i mean even though your restaurant has closed and it's and you're not competing with anyone but you so he at that point was out of a job and he was doing um a lot of catering and he also did all of the food for um Sophia Coppola's film Marie Antoinette. He did a lot of the, okay. that food styling. So, um, and then he ended up opening this restaurant, which is wonderful with Marion, and which that turned out pretty well for him. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna take another uh, musical break, and we're gonna come back and talk about your book, uh, Skirt Steak. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's that face? No, no, no. Yes, we could talk about. Well, have you just lived and breathed this so much? You're sort of kind. Of, well, we'll talk. We can talk about it.
What's Mood? Mood is a quarterly magazine about music and food. For its creators, not many things can beat a good record and a delicious meal. Maybe a well-written story or a gorgeous photo. Well, that's all in Mood. The magazine looks at music and food in a cohesive and unique way, with a keen eye to design and high-quality writing. Its contributors are located around the globe, and the stories span accordingly. Check it out today at moodmusicfood.com. That's moodmusicfood.com. All right, food and music. What a great idea. Who, uh, who would ever think to do that? Uh, shout out to Mood. Thanks for keeping us on the air. Uh, we have Charlotte Druckman, lifelong New Yorker, in studio, coming back for a second segment. Uh, so you wrote a book all about women and food called Skirt Steak. How'd you get the idea? Um, I got the idea before, after the high school, college obsession with magazines and stuff. Um, I took a little detour uh, to graduate school for art history, and I'm a lapsed PhD candidate in art history, That I, so I don't really use that at all, except that there is a pretty legendary um, essay that an art historian named Linda Nochlin wrote um, called Why Are There No Great Women Artists? And it's called that, like, totally rhetor- rhetorical question, and the whole point of this essay was that we asked dumb questions like that that set up (laughs) a certain problem Um, and it just stuck with me not so much the women's thing but just um, I think uh, in terms of theory because I was always very interested in like theory and criticism and I was working at Food and Wine magazine and you know I know it's been said before but you tend not to see a lot of women best new chefs um, right. And I was working there, and I wasn't working on Best New Chefs, but I saw how hard women, because it was mostly women um, editors, really smart women, were working on that issue, and um, how much research and intelligence went into finding the Best New Chefs, and how hard it was for them to find women. And I thought, that's weird. Why is that? It's not because they're not out there. It's not because these editors aren't looking for them I think it might be the criteria and it reminded me of this essay that Linda Nochlin wrote and that was like when I first started getting the the little bee in my bonnet about it um and then it just I don't know the more that you saw kind of like food network stuff blow up the more it just sat kind of and I couldn't shake it and I wrote an article for Gastronomica that used that essay sort of as the framework for changing the conversation to be about chefs and then I ended up doing the book more because the article was about me kind of questioning the media's role in all of it because I felt responsible as being you know part of the media and um, I got some comments back from chefs saying well I wish you would ask the chefs themselves and I thought the reason I didn't is that how many times can you have that dumb conversation where are all the women I mean it's like every few years someone has it um But I thought, well, if I could try and do that in a different way and start asking different questions and change the conversation, then maybe I would be on to something. And the interesting thing, when you first said we were going to talk about the book and I kind of, like, made a face, (laughs) it's just that I didn't want to be the spokesperson for, like, uh, kind of women in the culinary industry. It's, It's actually not something I tend to dwell on particularly, I would say, or 
feminist issues. Um, it's more that I like to ask questions, and I pretty much always champion underdogs. So I hoped I would kind of write the book, and then other people would keep talking about it, not me. Um, but I think we live in a world where people like to find one person to be an expert, and then they just keep going back to that person. So that's why you see me. That's why you see you. Me, oh. like, pulling a face, rolling my eyes, making, you know, groaning sounds about it. It's, I'm actually, you know, I'm happy that I did the book, and I hope that it does a lot of good. But I would also like to see people asking other women about it and, and having the chef speak up and, and not having to be the one that, that does it. So what were some of your favorite anecdotes about the story, about the book, uh, that you, like, in the book and everything? Well, getting to meet, you know, I interviewed 73 women to do it, um, and honestly, getting to meet all of them, and it's very corny to say, but I have tried to keep in touch with as many of them as possible, and um, I'll have dinners with them from time to time. I like to bring them together, like, in groups. Um, so I think that the friendships that came out of that book actually have probably been the coolest thing if I'm being selfish about it like that's just been <laughs> that's been a great perk um and you know getting to meet people that you thought of as being kind of heroes or just you know it's pretty great I think any food writer would tell you that getting to sit down with Alice Waters is an honor and you know makes you feel pretty good about stuff so that yeah I think it's uh it's great to have all those stories together and for you to get into it. Um, will there be a sequel? I don't think so. I, just, I mean, someone else could write the sequel. Right. You know? I don't... Also, it's like, again, it's like you just don't... You hope that we don't keep having to talk about this. I'd rather move on and talk about some other disenfranchised group at this point. <laughs> it's just, you know... Like, kind of been there, done that. So then what do you have, what's coming up next? What what can people expect uh, from you? I know you said you're editing, yeah. but any side pieces of writing that you are you just well, can't ignore? I am I am going to, I just, um, ha ha, I, now that I just said that, I just uh, gave a presentation um, in um, Oxford, Mississippi for the SFA Symposium because John T. Edge, who you should never say no to if he asks you to do something because it's going to be worthwhile, I think. Um, this is a great experience. He asked me to talk about women chefs of the South. Why? Because I wrote a book about women chefs. Right, right. Um, and I had not spent a lot of time in the South, and I, so I was really happy to do it. And I invited Melanie Dunay, um, the photographer, to come and shoot with me because my whole thing was I wanted to meet the women that I talked about. So we went on a road trip, and we're still friends which I think is a great testament to something. Yeah. Um, we took a road trip, and uh, I interviewed 12 chefs, and she photographed them. And then we did this cool presentation, and that's going to be... I'm going to publish my talk, actually an expanded version of it, with all of the photographs on Medium. But really, it's the cool thing for me now is that I get to help other people tell stories. So a lot of the people that I thought should have been having a voice in magazines, you know, where, or wherever I worked before, I can now reach out to them and say, I want you to have a chance to tell your story, whether they're professional writers or not. Um, I want to help them do that. And that's what I'm getting to do on Medium. And that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Well, Charlotte, I want to thank you so much. How can people find you on the internet? Um, you can email me at charlotte at medium.com if you want to pitch any sort of long form in-depth story. You can find me on Twitter, I'm Set 
Drux, like the French article set, and then so C E T T E Drux D R U C K S like Sam at Set Drux, um, and otherwise just just read Medium and have fun with it. And actually, we just as of like three days ago opened up the platform, so you can and now anyone can write on it without even getting invited. So go on Medium, join, write something, and publish it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Really excited. We got uh, Brandon Hoy swinging in next. Uh, talking about the Roberta's Cookbook, whose release party is happening on the other side of the shipping container. Uh, this is another tribute to Lou Reed. Uh, on our eighth show, Moby came by and did a cover and had Greg and I do backup vocals. And I don't think we've played it since, so here you go. So this is, everyone has to sing along in the choruses. Okay. Okay. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Jacked her way across the USA Plucked her eyebrows on the way Later on said he was a she She said, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side We said, hey sugar Take a walk on the wild side Candy came from out on the island back room she was everybody's darling but she never lost her head even when she was giving head she said hey babe take a walk on the wild side she said hey sugar take a walk on the wild side and everybody here sings do 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 where we say hey babe take a walk on the wild side we say hey sugar take a walk on the wild side and background vocals from everybody again go do 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 Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. That was just a little uh, Moby and actually us covering Lou Reed. Uh, Brandon, welcome Excellent. back. Excellent. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Congratulations. Yeah, it's so good to be back. Uh, how's it feel to give birth to this cookbook? It, it was. It's odd because it's got four sharp corners. So. Ooh. 
kind of tore me up. Tore you up real good. So uh, I'm glad it's out. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad the making part, the the creative process is over of it, and now just getting to see it, you know, in action, live and in action. So for those uh, who don't know, uh, Heritage Radio Network is nestled in the bosom of Roberta's, which is it's kind of like tucked into the armpit. Yeah, it's just it's in a nice, warm, hairy spot. And um, Roberta's is, if you really don't know has sort of been leading this area in food and culture and sweet, sweet hangs uh, for the last few years. And many sweet hangs. Many a sweet hangs. And now you've put out your first cookbook. Um, first off, why put out a cookbook? Why take on that process that is hard and tough? And oh, man. Because we were sick of all these people, we wanted them just to stay home and cook our food at home. <laughs> uh, I mean... I don't know. I think I think originally we really wanted to make like a, a we wanted to make like an art book. So when we first got into it, we really wanted to like sh- tell a story using the photos that we had we had collected and kind of the illustrations we had collected over over the years. And we wanted to put all this stuff together. And I think that was really what started this more so than than the recipes themselves. Um. So you know, the first thing that anyone notices when you walk into the restaurant is a giant hulking wood burning oven. That's there. Most people are not going to have that at home. Most people don't have that at home. Although you can, Forno Bravo as a website, you could actually buy one for your backyard if you're wealthy enough. Now, none of my friends no. or me could possibly have one of those at their house. But, 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 but we do adapt the the recipe for pizza a little bit so people can cook at the at their home. Um, you know, it, it's it, it transitions nicely. The hottest we ever got an oven was we put uh, Japanese coal in inside our, uh, with it. With it, and we cranked it to five hundred. We got about nine hundred degrees, which is awesome. Which is awesome, and like that, that would do perfect. Yeah, um, but you don't get the the two types of heat. You don't get the you don't get the direct heat. Either. No, so, uh, there's actually there's actually multiple. You know, there's the there's the convection heat, which comes yeah. from the dome of the oven. From the shape of the oven and and the way where the flue is, it brings hot air over the top. There's um, there's uh, infrared heat or um, uh, indirectional heat, which is like the heat from the hearth, so the slab of, of of the oven actually heating up from the bottom. And then there's also directional heat, which is comes from the fire itself, which helps for this nice uh, nice, this crisp. nice this nice char. Nice char. Char. So the outside black, the black spots. So outside of pizza, what are the recipes you have in the book? Oh my god, uh, there, there's a handful of pasta recipes, mm-hmm. and and, the, and there's a few, you know, there's a few like how tos and and actually making making your own pasta, <clears throat> and then there's um, the, there's the dough recipe itself, and then there's the pizza recipes, and then we have we have like you know uh, six or seven uh, like meat recipes. You want me to get specific, huh? But I don't no, have the book right in front of me. There's 60 recipes, so uh, there's salads. Ooh, yeah. I have that. Sa- I have your basic salad every every week. This this salad that's right in front of us it's is so delicious. So, yeah, I eat it every week. I literally eat it once a week, and I never get tired of it. Um, there's Bain's fried chicken. 
That's like a old. That's some old school. If you haven't been here for a long time, you probably I remember you, fried chicken because yeah. wasn't it's what's his name from? Uh, it was uh, Carolyn Bain from Carolyn from Pies and Thighs. Thighs. Used, when when they when they were down for for a short period of time, she worked here and and we did the fried chicken here and it, it was excellent. That's awesome. She it was actually you. really super hard to do because we have such a small fryer and so many people wanted it throughout yeah. the day. It was like we like eighty six it pretty pretty regularly. So and quickly. In addition to the awesome food, what other fun things does the cookbook offer? Uh, it, there's a lot of photos of us partying. Okay, that's a, and that's surprising. To you've me. been here for a number of parties. I Actually, have. you've DJed. I do you have. remember that? Do you remember the first DJ gig you had here? Uh, it was in the backyard. Do you, and I got thrown up on. Uh, I don't remember that. I I remember being out there and then getting drunk, and then you and I were on the air co-hosting for like three hours. Oh. Was that the first one? I was thinking of the bikini keg stand party. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I remember you getting thrown up on Yeah, projectile vomited all over. That was amazing. Yeah. That didn't make it into the book. No. Shucks. Shucks. Um, I do remember uh, you s- seeing you fully nude as you changed out of your puke clothing in the I corner. mean, come on. You can't just sit there. I was the MC. I was the host of the party. I couldn't just sit there in my vomit clothes. <laughs> well, how many points is that with the uh, health department? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. I'm really glad that they didn't pop by right at that moment. They're like, ooh. Uh, this guy's vomiting all over you. Oh, my God. This is a clear violation. A clear violation. <laughs> yes. um, so how can people get the book? Buy it. Okay. <laughs> huh. Money. No, uh, Amazon? We're, we're selling it here. Yeah, Amazon. You can go to, to robertaspizza.com, and it's right on our homepage. You can you can pre-order it. It's not out until the 29th, so you can still pre-order it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, blah, 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 well, whatever. Gonna... There's probably other ones that I'm supposed to be saying, but... Who's your publisher? Shout them out. Clarkson Potter. Good. They uh, do they're, good work. They're, um, they're you know, part of Random House. They, they're, they were to work with. Yes. Uh, well, awesome. Well, I'm going to finish up the show and then come back there, have a beer. Big shout out to my boy Harlow, who sat here quietly this whole time. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. Best ba- behaved kid. Yeah. Say what up. Say what's up. Stop. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Out of line. Ooh, out of source. Out of time. I wanna see the boy alone I wanna see the boy alone History that you can roll On the fence and in the window cyclone You look like that You lens like the rest But you You look like that You lens like the rest
When did you guys first hear Velvet Underground Lou Reed? Um, I was, I think I was probably like 11 or 12, most likely. That's what I remember. You remember the song? Yeah, I was in, well, I mean, I knew who he was, but then I was in Toronto. I'm a dual citizen. I spent a lot of time there in the summers and such. And my mom was like, oh, you should get this record Transformer. And we were in a record store, and I bought it on the CD, and I was just like, oh, man. Incredible. Yeah, I think I first heard him in college, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I was exposed to Lou Reed a little, early, a little earlier, just because um, mother, mother, <laughs> yeah, mother, pretty much. Well, I want to welcome you guys to the show. See through. Normally, like I said, we start the show with playing a track, but you know, it's 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 okay. It's it's the right thing to it's do. A different, kind of different kind of day. So, you guys want to go around the room, introduce yourselves, who you are, what you do in said band. This is actually an adaptation of this band, but we all love each other, so why not? I'm, I'm James. Um, I sing and play guitar. And then, I guess we don't all have mics, so I can just say this. And these are all good friends. Cooper, right here, is a good friend of mine. He's a great musician. He's going to sing with us. And Ari Ingber um, from Showgirls is going to play some Shaker. And then, Brett, you have a mic, I guess you could... Uh, I'm Brett, and I play bass. <laughs> That's kind of the gist of this band right now in this studio. So how did you come together? What's your, uh, you know, your beginnings story? Um, Well, I mean, I had like a bunch of songs I wanted to do and I I went to the studio and, uh, you know, I got some of my favorite friends together and we just put it down and that's kind of like exactly what happened right there, literally. And they kind of like went from there and playing live and kind of like taking it from there. Literally. It just kind of like happened organically that way. 
That's great because yeah. it usually doesn't happen just like that. No, no. I've been in bands and like this is a little different, but um, yeah, it was literally just like had these songs, got together in the studio, and then it's really fun, and we're just gonna keep going from there, pretty much. Um. So how long ago was that? That was like a year ago. I mean, we played our first show way less than a year ago. Actually, it was in January. So we probably played like only in New York. We played probably in like. 10 shows or t- a little something like that yeah so it's pretty this is it's it's you know it's it's new it's yeah fresh. It's, it's new yeah it's that new new yeah um why don't you play us a song yeah we can yeah let's do that okay cool uh so here we go see through live on snacky tunes
Nice. And you were nervous about that sounding good. Yeah, we don't usually play like this, but it's kind of fun. It's fun, right? Yeah, Little yeah, intimate it's Sunday fun. hangs. It's, it's, it's stripping it down to the, to the very... It's naked. So, so now that you have your first uh, set of songs, um, are you writing more stuff? Yeah, I mean, well, we recorded like 11 songs, um, so that's a decent-sized body, and we're kind of playing around with like a bunch of them. And I'm writing a ton of new stuff, but we're still kind of just like grabbing from that bunch of uh, tunes. But yeah, we're you're gonna if you come to the shows. I mean, there's gonna be some new ones thrown in there soon for sure. Yeah, we're definitely like, working on new stuff. So uh, as a band and playing around a little bit, do you guys have any like pre-show or after-show rituals of like eating or drinking? I mean, I see you doing the beer shot combo to warm it up, but yeah, I mean that definitely happens. Um, you know, tequila on stage. Yeah, can't really say no. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, we just kind of like get together and you know get ready for the show. Sometimes we're all in different places right beforehand. Sometimes we're in the same room, but either way, we get on stage, and then it's from there on. It's that's how it goes. Um, do you cook at all? Yeah. What do you cook? Um, I mean, I I personally love like French tradition um, cooking. Like you know, I wish I could be Jean George. Which yeah. is never gonna happen ever. But um, I love like the traditional French style and like the herbs of Provence and all that stuff. But so I always kinda like tend to like cook stuff like that. Love making a little brown butter. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, really healthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean if butter didn't taste so good. Yeah, I mean that's literally like the key to like cooking is butter and shallots and you can like you'll be okay for the most part. Yeah, I mean salt, butter, shallots, some pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's rip another tune. Definitely. Uh, what do we got coming up? Um, this song is called Chemical. That last song was called Forward Motion. <coughs>
Dude. Killing it on the Sunday afternoon. I'm enjoying this. I think we might have to just never... I mean, drummers, like you were saying, I mean, yeah, don't really need them. It's one of my favorite parts of the band. But oh, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> is the drummer here? No, the drummer's not here. Oh, shit. It's okay. Sorry, I mean, what drummer. would he play? The, I mean, the floor? I mean, I guess. You mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we had one guy... We had the static jacks, and he did oh, yeah. that. He just, like, hit his knees yeah. at the side of the chair. Well, it, job, it didn't really happen. I mean, it's okay. I, we have our, our, our lovely Ari playing. If you can even hear him over there. It's, yeah. working. it's working okay. You know, that's how it goes. But. Um, so, only a year in, only 10 shows under your belt. What's yeah. next? What's next? Um, well, we're just, like, going to keep playing ahead. I mean, we have some, like, rad shows coming up in the end of the winter, which I'm really psyched about. Such as? Um, well, we're playing a show at Mercury Lounge on the 10th of November with a couple friends. It's gonna be you know, what you'd expect, but it's gonna be really fun. And then we're playing, um, Barry Ballroom with Caveman on, Ooh. um, November... Oh, December 5th. Real which Brooklyn is, show. Oh, yeah. And it's it's the, uh, Cavemas. It's the, it's the Christmas party. We're almost there, which I can't... I, I don't know how we're there. I mean, it's crazy. We just, uh... Yeah, Halloween's on Thursday. Ugh. Spooky. Yeah, man. We should have yeah. done, like, a Halloween song. It's okay. They're all Halloween songs. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this... Yeah, exactly. Hanukkah, don't forget Hanukkah. So the next album's gonna be a, uh, a storytelling Halloween... I, I'm considering just doing, like, a album. William Shatner kind of, like, thing. And oh just my God. keeping, like, just have them play, like, some vamps... And just, just sort of rant over about ghosts and yeah. ghouls. I mean, I, I just go through so many phases, and now I'm, like, ready for that. Yeah. Your William Shatner phase? Yeah. Does anyone ever aspire to a William Shatner phase? They should. And if not, then, like, I'm going to be the one. Oh, my God. That'd but, be so funny. So it's going to be a see-through record, um, and you might hear a couple, yeah, William Shatner, Shatner. kind of... Shad through. Oh man! Are you gonna cover uh, William Shatner's version of Rocket Man? That's ex- that's exactly what I was thinking. That that's like the best thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's you know we're having a really good brainstorming session here for sure. Solve the problems. We're glad to be here. Um, <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys and Charlotte and Brandon Definitely. and everybody for being on the show today. Shout out to their books. Uh, Skirt Steak and the Roberta's Cookbook, both on Amazon. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I'm gonna go over there and have a beer with them after this. Uh, and shout out to Sundays. Yeah, man. Ow. Shout out to Lou Reed. It, yes. Jamming in heaven. Satellite of love. Yeah, or, and that classics. We could play that. <laughs> you want to play that? I mean, I probably a bad idea. No, I don't know. All the, I don't know all the words. I'd have to like get on my phone. I mean, I I know enough, but yeah, Moby played it. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, let's let's just... Yeah. It was a good idea for a second. We got excited. You got any Lou Reed covers in your back pocket? Oh, man. I mean... Probably, but it's just going to be... It's going to be embarrassing. I mean, we're going to totally screw it up. I mean... Yeah. For posterity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I... God, man, I love Lou Reed, and, like, it's a really sad day, and I would love to, like, pull it out of my back pocket, but I think... Yeah, uh, here's a little number you might remember from the yeah. 60s. yeah. And then I'm singing like the wrong words. You could just song. do uh, one of his uh, feedback tracks. Yeah. Just, just, just. Yeah. Here you go. You. Yeah. Whatever. That's yeah. All right. It's a nice thought. 
I feel like I'm letting everybody down. It's okay. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming by. Thanks, man. Yeah. Why don't you give us the nuts and bolts of where uh, people can find you online? Of course. Um, SoundCloud, you know, soundcloud.com slash three, us three, wow, here we go, English, C hyphen through, a couple songs on there, and then Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash see through dot you. This is all just the nuts and bolts. Cool. That's what I would say, yeah. All right, well, thank you, guys. Shout-out to Heritage. Shout-out to Roberta's. We'll be back next week with some more food and music guests. And shout-out to Mood for keeping the lights and the microphones on. What's this last track? This is a track called Birds. Usually we have bird noises at the beginning and stuff, but not today. Caca. Yeah. Well, you can do it if you want. No, I'm all right. (laughs) I mean, that's not the exact... I mean, it worked, though. Yeah, it worked? Yeah. All right, what's up the mood? Add some some delay, and you're good. All right, well, here we go. Uh, See-through... On Heritage Radio on Snacky Tunes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.